We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, everybody. Before we get into today's pod, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here on Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you wanted to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community discord, and e-learning course filled with tips and tricks. On top of that, we'll get you sure published to apple spotify google stitcher and other listening platforms and the best part is that you can get this all for 15 dollars a month that's the same rate that any other hosting site would just charge you for the initial setup so whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow hustle is an open door to your sports experience acceptance to the program is limited so get your application in today to apply go to bwhustle.com join check out the description box for this episode to find out more that's bwhustle.com slash join found it now, three, two, one, go. It feels like Miami. Miami, Miami. Miami, Miami. Miami, Miami. Miami, Miami. Miami, Miami. Miami, Miami. It feels like Miami. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Heapy Podcast. I'm your host, Giancarlo Navas. And with me today is our 2K coach, Frankie. Go fluke yourselves, Milwaukee. <laughs> Let's go on the bottom of the screen. You can see our statistician and pun master of basketball news, Nikias Duncan. Hello, hello, hello. Glad to be back. We are, uh, we have a lot of fun things to talk about today. So, 
Um, we the idea behind today, and I kind of want to explain to the audience that might see two pod feeds uh, on their uh, on their on their Apple or Spotify or wherever you get your podcast. So if you're listening to this, obviously you're listening to the Heapy Podcast, and if you also see there's a Hangover Time, uh, which is our post game show hosted by Alf, which is live on our Twitch and YouTube channels. Uh, so we decided that you know because the, the the two games against Milwaukee were pretty big that we would do a Hangover Time tonight and also like a Heat beat with Nikias and Frankie because they're the two smartest guys we have and we want to kind of do some hard-hitting analysis and then Alf's going to take care of kind of the 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 fan reaction the fan analysis out there with George Sedano so we're giving you a little bit of both today and we're kind of kind of gauging how we feel about the season uh so Nikaya start with you man so they they get bought by 47 uh the other yesterday against the Bucks obviously the turnover issues uh he couldn't score the defense was just Honestly, I'm just going to say it. It was kind of soft. I was talking to Frankie in the pregame show, like Bam was doing those switches uh, on Drew Holiday, just incredibly soft, not, not, and not any bite was not really stepping up, was not really committing to anything. It was very unlike him. The turnovers, the, it just did not feel like Miami Heat basketball and the Bucks shot the damn lights out. I mean, Middleton shot, I think it was 80% or 70% from three and Holiday 60. Uh, and, and even though Giannis didn't have a, MVP type game. I mean, the, the, they got enough shooting. What did they have? The record, an NBA record for three. So kind of looking at what they did tonight, what to you, and this is so sportsy, what to you was the biggest difference? Well, there was definitely a lot more physicality, a lot more attention to detail defensively. Um, there were still a lot of switches with Bama Defy. That's just what the Heat are going to go to. They're not going to drop as much. Um but it felt like there were a lot more intentional switches. There were a lot more, there's a lot more fighting over. So there weren't as many switches as we saw in the first game yesterday. Um, if that game exists, still kind of uh, debating if that game actually happened or not. <laughs> Fever dream. But I think that, yeah, I think that was the bigger thing. Like they, they made Milwaukee feel them on and off the ball. And Milwaukee naturally regressed because they're just not going to be a team that hits 28 threes a game. So once they kind of regressed to the mean a little bit, Miami played a little bit more physical. That that kind of shift, uh, kind of tilted things back in their favor. Um, it also helped that the Heat could actually make shots tonight. So that was uh, obviously a positive. Yeah, you know, if the other team's going to hit 28 threes, it'd be nice if you could also make shots to at least <laughs> attempt to counter that. The Heat couldn't do that last night. And they did that a little bit tonight. Uh, Goran Dragic was fantastic. You can see Tyler Hero was starting to continue to gain a little bit more comfort on the ball. Um, Bam was a lot more aggressive, which thank goodness he was more aggressive because God I don't think it was gonna be I don't think it was gonna be pretty for him online if he wasn't. <laughs> I I thought the other big thing was there was eight literally eight seconds of Mo Harkless, uh, which is not a slight to Mo because I know that like we we we, we have our fun with Mo, especially Tiffany on our pre and post game shows. Uh, but I, I just think, especially if Tyler's going to run point guard, Frankie, it's just tough when you just have a negative floor spacer. And he's a guy that I think is going to need optimal conditions to kind of run that high pick and roll. Uh, especially if, if they don't have like super elite shooting at all times and, you know, he's one of their better shooters. So it's really Duncan plus kind of B to B plus shooters, right? I think the only other a shooter on the team is Duncan. So I think that the lack of Harkless and even Jimmy to an extent, who's not really, who has gravity, but not really out there kind of helped them tonight. Yeah. Um, they did a great job uh, without Mo. Um, you're, you're kind of, uh, you're not playing four on five as much. 
because um, they they have to respect the spacing. Uh, Andre, while Andre's not a great shooter, he can pass the ball well and uh, cuts and and knows where to to, to pass it to. Um, Avery missed uh, a couple early threes wide open, they, but they were good looks, and he knocked them out uh, uh, later on as the game went on. Uh, you know, Tyler's you know seeing the difference of looks of he's going to get as the primary guy as opposed to the the secondary attacking a bent defense, catching it on a swing, uh, uh, attacking a closeout. That it's a much different look. You have the set defense, uh, and you have to really break down and and attack the angles properly. So it's great to see. T- like I, I know a lot of people, and and it's a lot of people even here on Heatbeat just don't <laughs> like seeing him as the primary guy. I think it's great for him. He needs to to be if you if he wants to be that fourth quarter scorer consistently he wants to be that number one option he's got to be able to attack a, a, a defense Nikaias, he's got to be able to, to go one-on-one that was Nikas. you were kind of telling me that because we were kind of going back and forth on that on twitter where i'm just like i don't want to see this ever again like i i just I, I i know what this looks like i don't need it anymore and you kind of argued the other way on that yeah like i think we don't really know what it looks like yet like it had it, the results have definitely been mixed with tyler hero as a primary guy um, it's kind of inarguable that it has looked better when he's had, we're just going off this two game sample. He looked better when Goran Dragic was in the game and he was being defended by Dante DiVincenzo versus when he was the primary guard and Drew Holiday with his jersey. So <clears throat> no one should argue that it was a smooth experience for Tyler as the primary guy because it wasn't. However, and what I was telling you on Twitter is that we know what this heat team is. And what I mean by that is that, you know, barring awful health, this is going to be a playoff team. You made roster moves over the off season. You know, you swap, you know, you lose Jay Crowder or whatever, but you bring back most of your guys, you bring in Avery Bradley, bring in Mo Harkless. These are guys that can defend in a playoff setting. Your roster is set up to be a playoff team. You know, barring the apocalypse in terms of injuries, you're going to make the playoffs. So what your regular season should be about, or at least the majority of it, it should be about seeing what you have in your young guys. Give Precious 15 to 20 minutes, see how much he progresses, so you'll know if he's going to have a role in the postseason. Give Tyler Hero those lead ball handler reps, because you need to see how he progresses as a top option. If he, you know, if he booms, then that's great for you, for the current roster moving forward, or... If you want to throw your hat in the ring for a Bradley Beal or for a James Harden or whatever, the entirely hero is showing you that he's a high-level prospect and that helps you in those talks. So there's no downside to seeing what you have in Tyler Hero. And if he plateaus or, you know, if it's an uneven experience, which it has been so far, you know what he can do when he's at the two. And the high end of that is what we saw against Boston. You can't expect him to hit the score 37 tonight or anything like that. But you know what it looks like when he has it rolling against mid defenses. He can torture teams. So from that perspective, you kind of know what you have in Tyler. What you don't know what you have in him is what does it look like if he's running 20, 25 pick and rolls versus 10 to 15 as a secondary guy. So give him that leash during the regular season where it kind of doesn't matter since you already know what your team is. You know what your ceiling is. You just made the finals last year. Give him that leash, and then you can adjust later in the season or once you get the playoffs. If he, proves, if he proves that he can't handle those reps, you start going, and then you know what you have. Frankie, what'd you have? Oh, I, I just wanted to add to that. Uh, we already saw uh, Tyler take a huge leap as a ball handler just in the bubble. 
compared to his the first part of his rookie season, how bad he was. If that, if that was the Tyler that we saw in the bubble and we saw we've been seeing now, he would you know Spo would have him coming off the bench for for anyone else, but he took a huge leap in the bubble and. F- it's not a fluke because he was doing it against everybody. He did it in the playoffs. He did it in the regular, the the eight uh, games in the in the bubble, the tune-up games or whatever they were called. And he was looking. He was finally getting separation. He was learning angles. He was finishing, getting to the rim, finishing around the rim, and he's doing it now in the regular season too. Now, granted, does it look great all the time? Absolutely not. Does it look? Does he look like Chris Paul? Definitely not. <laughs> But he he's getting he's learning he's getting better and he's uh and and he's getting stronger as the game progresses and that's uh, that's a huge signs for me that he's learning and he's paying attention to how they're defending him what they're throwing at him and he's learning how to counter it and that's what I want to see because if you want him if you think he can be as good as Bradley Beal or James Harden or whatever you think his ceiling is he needs these reps. He's not going to learn how to beat these guys off the dribble if he's only getting coming off DHOs. So I kind of want to, I kind of want to give you guys some numbers here. So I, I've been hard on Tyler, especially on the timeline, and I've been kind of. I, I think something that we're going to have to monitor all season is what he's looking like as a pick and roll scorer, right? So as a as a pick and roll ball handler per NBA.com/stats, and I believe that this is updated for tonight because if not, I have a lot of questions. Uh, he's had 23 possessions as a pick and roll ball handler, and he's scoring 1.17 points per possession on that action, uh, which is in the almost 82nd percentile, which is really good. And uh, a couple of days ago, that number was in, but was like 0.09, right? So he's obviously, you know, whether it just be today or, or in the last two games, um, he's up that. And that's something I'm going to want to monitor. The other thing I'm going to want to monitor is how he looks in minutes without Goran Dragic. Uh, because that's kind of Nikai's what, we what you were saying, like, you know, if he's if he's the off ball guy and if he's coming off pin downs and he's coming off pistol and if Goran's really doing all the the legwork in terms of north south, you know, he's not really kind of initiating sets, triggering, doing that high pick and roll stuff. So, you know, I, we've tweeted a lot about that and I've I've talked about that on the pod and, and kind of like what those minutes are going to look like as of now on PBB stats, which does not include tonight, um, you know, when they're together. Uh, it, I mean, I guess also it's, it's small sample, so it, it's difficult. I mean, almost all of the mi- lineups are minus except for Goran without Tyler, uh, because Goran played like four minutes <laughs> yesterday in that. So I, I, I think that it's going to be a little tough because those lineup, that lineup data is going to be really fucked up for a while, similar to how the Clippers lineup data is going to be messed up for a long time, uh, <laughs> until they kind of get enough minutes under their belt. So I think those are what titles are the two things we really want to kind of look at going forward and monitor. So we'll probably mention that a bunch on the show. Other thing I want to talk about is I want to talk about BAM because that was a big topic conversation after last game. It was the fans were just incredibly unreasonable and they were downright mean. Uh, I don't understand why we're doubting uh, BAM after a run to the damn finals because he played one bad game. Kind of talked about it on the top, the kind of weakness and, and the switching and everything. Uh, Nikias, he came out tonight with bite on both ends of the floor. I I will say this, and maybe this is just a regular season thing. I think he's looking for the jumper a little too early in the possession. I would like him to kind of go to the rim more. Like, I think that he kind of decides midway through a possession, well, I'm going to get this jumper because I can. And he's always going to have it. 
because he's a freak of, and teams are scared to go into the rim. I would like to see him attack the rim more. Uh, but that's really my, really the only complaint you can have today. Almost a triple double was doing it on both ends. Just flat out baller. Um, I actually like in a vacuum, I agree with you. I don't really like uh, 17, 18 footers early at the shot clock. I think for Bam specifically, that is a measure of his aggressiveness. And again, if we're just going regular season, you need to see things trend upwards for the playoffs. I just want him to be aggressive. Like if that's a shot that he's comfortable with and he's comfortable enough to take it early, then that's a good sign moving forward. And then as we get into the games that matter and as he gains more experience in general, then he'll have to walk that line between, is it time to take this shot? Is it time to kind of trigger those handoffs against a dropping big or whatever? Right now, the thing is, bam, be comfortable enough to take the shot, period. I don't care when you take it. So from that, in that lens, like I'm, I'm fine with him taking those jumpers. Um, I do agree with you. Ultimately, I would like to see him get to the rim more. Um, he's not going to be hitting defenders with in and outs and finishing wrong hand on the left side like he did against Giannis. Did today. But like, I mean, that's the high end of what he could do. So like, if he could do that to Giannis, granted that's a flash, surely he can beat Brook Lopez off the dribble. You know, <laughs> surely he can beat, beat other guys off the dribble. So that's always going to be there. Um, going back to when he was backing up Hassan Whiteside, one of the things that I was high on with Bam going into Miami eventually let Hassan go was that his free throw rate was high. Right. That was, that was one of those statistical indicators that stood out to me, just looking at him, even in those limited minutes, like, Hmm, we already know he can defend and switch out or whatever. Offensively, we don't know if he can shoot yet, but he's getting to the line a lot and he's a lot, he's a vertical threat and he can handle. So like you can kind of see two, three years down the road, he can be a guy that can attack slower bigs off the dribble, get to the line. Um, I did. He did have some drives tonight. You want to see more, but it's all about aggression with Bam. He just has to be comfortable enough to take the take the reins of the offense um, against a team like Milwaukee. Any drop team, but specifically Milwaukee, he's going to have mid range jumpers. Um, if you clear a corner or whatever, there's always going to be that handoff. He can all, he always have those two options. So I just want to see him look call his own number more during the regular season. I, I, he just needs to get to the point where he can do that because, you know, Jimmy Butler's out now. You need him to be more aggressive. But even when Jimmy gets back, you don't want Jimmy to feel like he has to drop 30, 35, 40 in a playoff game, or you don't want to feel like you have to rely on Tyler Hero, a second-year guy, to drop 20, 25, or rely on the 34-year-old Goran Dragic to lead your offense. Like, at a certain point, um, and this is a thing that I was saying last year on the pod, on the timeline, whatever. Like, Bam is the guy that the Heat have. Like, even if you want to argue, like, the Boston series, if you want to argue Jimmy Butler is better than Jason Tatum, you can. It kind of goes either way. But in terms of just the matchup, Bam is the guy that when he steps on the floor, he is a mismatch, period. And, like, he, you know, 95% of the time, that's going to be true when the Heat take the floor. He's going to be the guy that's either going to be a bigger than a, bigger than a guy on a smaller front court, you know, stronger than a Jared Allen, bigger than a Daniel Tice, faster than a Joel Embiid. You know, Embiid's incredible, obviously. But just in terms of yeah. those physical attributes, like Bam is going to be a mismatch problem in some way 95% of the time. So he has to be comfortable taking the reins. And I think he did a pretty solid job of that tonight. Like for me. Yeah. Go, go. 
I was going to say, uh, like uh, Nikaz was saying about the early jumpers, and, uh, you know, normally you wouldn't, you you don't want those, but all of those are because the, the big is dropping so far back and not respecting them. And they're all catch, like catch and shoot, turn and face, warm up, real co- rhythm shots. So I have no problem with those either. Um, you you want to see Bambi aggressive there. And and one thing that we, you know, we talk a lot about the improvement of guys and man, Bam has improved in like one big facet of his game every year. His first, uh, his first, his second year, he became a much better passer, more, much more confident passer last year. He, he, he was night and day as a finisher. He was missing so many open layups. We would joke on, on Twitter all the time that he low-key was the worst finisher on the team uh, and on a team that had justice on it, which was a big <laughs> saying. Stop it. On his nu- Stop no, it. On his, no, 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 because Bam can jump out the building, has huge hands, can catch anything, and he's still missing point-blank layups. That was ridiculous. Last year, he fixed that. If this year he, he adds the, the jumper and uh, and hopefully – one thing I really want to see him work on is on his drives to be strong with it. I feel like he gets bumped um, very easily and loses the ball. And that's a big part of his turnovers because he can't take any bit of contact when he's driving um, without dropping it or fumbling the ball. And and if he can add those two things, that guy's unstoppable. Because like the guy said, he gets to the line so often. His his touch on his free throws and his jumpers improved. If he can consistently attack the the basket, attack slow footed bigs without losing the ball, hit that jumper when it's there. What what are you giving up? I love that one dribble pull up he's he's added. That that to me is a shot. Like when he when he's kind of setting that handoff. And when, when Duncan comes off and if that's not there and that big is dropping under Duncan to keep him, that one dribble pull-up that he had that he's flashed, to me, that's like, that's the playoff shot. That's going to win you games down the stretch when things are broken, when your offense is broken, when Jimmy's passing under the rim as he does. Uh, like, to me, that's that's the shot that I look at and I'm like, okay, that's that's superstar shit. Like that's a Kawhi shot. That's and and he's so deadly from that spot because you can you can flip it to a handoff. He can he can take it. He can go to the rim. And if he really doesn't have options, if a guy's cheating off Jimmy in the dunker spot or whatever, I mean he's like, well, okay, I'll get to I'll get to my jumper. I'll get to that free throw line jumper. Oh, and I was just gonna say about those fans who were critiquing him last game. I I had. I said something about it on Twitter and I had so many fans say, well, maybe it's the bullying that caused him to be aggressive. Maybe that, listen, Bam Adebayo doesn't know who the fuck you are. All right. He doesn't know who the fuck I am either. He, he knows who I am. We talked Twitter. about Fortnite on media day. He knows who I am. Speak for yourself. <laughs> I, I, I've taken a picture with Bam. I, I've recorded his highlights for overtime before. So I, he, he's. Oh, wow. What a flex. Look at this guy. The guys. We like that. All right. Wow. I didn't want to drop it until you did. <laughs> <laughs> friend of the, no, but, dare I say friend of the program, Bam Adebayo. <laughs> Barely. Um, <laughs> no, no, but he's, you know, he, he's not paying attention to any of that. He's barely on Twitter. He doesn't get like you saying sh- bad shit about him. His performances doesn't do anything for you. It's uh, or for him. It just makes you look like an asshole. And that's, that's all it is. I'm sure Jimmy you know, and UD told him more shit than any of us will ever say to him on Twitter. Of course. I'm sure. I am sure Bam told himself that. Oh, for sure. 
he's a guy that like, and that's something I didn't understand. Like, and I don't want to spend too much time on like Bam's mentality, but like, you know, he's, he's a guy that I think you trust that he's going to take it upon himself to get better. It's like Jimmy, it's like Dwayne, it's like LeBron, it's like CB, you know, these are Goran, right? These are guys that I don't, it's, he's not Hassan, you know, you don't have to worry about babing him and motivating him. He's not, you know, Miami Shaq, right. Or, or, or like, you know, Antoine Walker or any of these guys. Sorry, sorry, Juan, I love you. Uh, he would take fours if he could. Like, <laughs> I love I love that's that NBA, so much. That's NBA champion Antoine Walker to you. Okay. Listen, I, I was remembering what it felt like in 2007 after they won the title and how bad they looked. This team is so much better than that. 2020 has already reshaped whining, and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world, and with more total visits than any other job site, according to Comscore, Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly, so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. And now Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short-term list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try it with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. The NBA is back in action and football is heading into the playoffs. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure that you get every single possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching prop, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonus today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head over to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. That team gave up. This team does not. I mean, this team was down double digits in the third quarter on the second night of a back-to-back with tired legs after they were embarrassed on national television. Embarrassed to the point that the national broadcast said, we are leaving this game and we are going to Raptors Sixers, which the Raptors also embarrassed themselves. So double whammy. Uh, With no Jimmy or KZ. Exactly. Well, today there was no KZ. Yesterday there was KZ. Yeah, that's what I meant today. Um, so kind of, I want the other guy I really want to talk about, and then we'll kind of get to like some more broad, like thoughts on the team. A couple games in Kendrick Nunn did not play in the second half. And to quote the great chef Trilly, uh, 25 didn't play the second half and they look like the 2017 warriors. I don't think that's coincidence. <laughs> um, he's just, <laughs> we're, we're off Kendrick Nunn. We're off Kendrick Nunn. This is Gabe Vincent season now. Yeah. It was just, we have entered the game. The guys you're laughing, but it's like, he has not been good since February. I, I don't, 
I, I, I know that, you know, they're going to play him. I'm sure that they want to preserve some sort of value for the guy who came second in the year and rookie of the year voting. Uh, but I don't know what's there anymore. I, I don't see it. Yeah. Like if he doesn't have the pull up going, then there really isn't much else. I mean, the transition don't was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out to the heat account, the official heat account, <laughs> making the Kendrick Lamar <laughs> reference. Yes. Oh, man, what a time. What a the comments are a joy. It's just a bunch of AO. Oh man, that that really made my night. But That's yeah, great. if he doesn't have a pull up going, like he doesn't really bring it as a passer. He still doesn't bring it as a defender. <clears throat> and I mean, if Gabe Vincent is hitting threes, I mean, <laughs> isn't hitting threes. He made he made some good reads too. He he had a cut to the basket. The the defense collapsed and he kicked it out to the weak side shooter. And I was like. This game, this is a lot more than I expected. Who was this? Listen, he fans Thank are so you. fickle. A new, a new hot player comes in. Who? Max Struess? Who? Struess is what? No, Gabe Vincent era, baby. Yeah, Gabe Vincent new- did it, did it against the Bucks. <laughs> who the hell did Struess did it in the preseason? I guess the Raptors. It doesn't. What count. have you done for me lately? Yeah, the they Raptors only did it on OG Ananobi. What did the Raptors? What do are the Raptors? What are they? On. Yeah. No, I mean like. He, you want to talk about flukes? Then now yeah, we can listen, talk about uh, the listen. Tampa Raptors. The 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 Kendrick Nunn experience felt like a fluke in the beginning. I mean, the guy was score. I mean, he, he clearly is athletic. He can he's springy when he when he wants to be. He's pretty quick. He can get to that pull up. It's just not falling. He's just not a good defender. And I don't really know what he's doing for you. Like I I gotta be honest. Like I think if. I don't, I don't understand the point of playing him at this point. I really, other than kind of preserving trade value. I mean, you have a rotation of, of Duncan, Tyler, Avery Bradley and Goron. And those are your four guards. I don't, not a huge fan of going three guards. I know some of it worked today and yesterday, but. um, I I think, I think a big part of that too, is Jimmy being out. Yeah. I think, I think if you're all hands on deck, I I don't really see. And I maybe, maybe listen, maybe they just want to keep them kind of active and fresh because you know, they're going to be moments where maybe somebody's in a health protocol or somebody's going to get hurt and it's a weird season. Um, And of course, UD's taking a roster spot. So sorry, Nikias, they don't have an extra body. (laughs) <laughs> I don't want to throw you out like that. Uh, but I, I, I'm just, I'm very over the experience. I'm very over the Kendrick Nunn experience. I don't really see what he does for you. I think Avery Bradley and Nikias has been like, we talked about this before. Like he's good at the one thing that they are not good at. And if he's going to be a, a decent jump shooter, I, I think that in turn justifies it. Yeah. Avery Bradley was really good. Uh, I think immediately He's one of the Heat's best cutters, which vibes very well with high post passing Bam already wants to do. Um, he is a pretty solid movement shooter. He's knocking down some threes off of a dribble tonight, uh, just kind of flowing off the catch, getting some looks there. And he just absolutely hounded guys on the other end. Like early on in the game, the possession on Chris Middleton, where Chris ends up throwing the ball basically at the corner of the backboard because he couldn't do anything. Like, if he. If Avery Bradley can't do anything else, he can get into a guy's airspace and restrict that dribble. And he did that on a guy much taller than him, which is something that I was not expecting to see, especially against a guy like Chris Middleton. Hurt my heart a little bit. But <laughs> but Bradley brings it. Um, I ended up tweeting later to well, earlier tonight. I, I think you're going to make close games with Bradley, Hero, Robinson, uh, Jimmy, and Bam. 
Like I, I can see that where you have the point of attack defense with Bradley, you get enough creation from a hero, you get the shooting from Robinson. And obviously you have Bam and Jimmy that kind of fill the gaps and do everything defensively. Like it wouldn't surprise me on a night where Gorn doesn't have it going or if you're just trying to rest them for a night or whatever. That's a lineup that he can go to. Like I'm excited to see some Jimmy at the four, especially if maybe Bradley's going to bring it on both ends like he did tonight. That's something that I could see against like the Celtics, right? Or the Raptors uh, mm-hmm. where, where kind of teams downsize. I think that's more of an issue against like a bigger four. Like I, I don't, obviously we saw Jimmy in the finals sometimes guarding AD. So it's not like he can't, but uh, I don't, it's less than ideal. Now I've given Andre a lot of shit about guarding up. I thought he did really well today. And I think in general, he's been a lot better than I give him credit for Alex Toledo of five on the floor uh, was very gleefully texting me how wrong I was about Mo Harkless and how right he was about Andre uh, had to get that in how I was wrong. Um, I'm not, I'm not sure. I mean, I, I can see that in the It's just kind of, it's kind of tough. Cause I'm not a big fan of Jimmy playing up, but maybe that's me being a little conservative. Uh, I feel like that's, I think that's definitely part of it. And that's not a thing that I speak to go to a lot, at least until we get into the playoffs. Maybe we see that, especially if Mo Harkless just isn't going to do anything. That's a disappointment. Yeah, I, I did not expect, I mean, we're in game one four. <laughs> <laughs> we're just talking like it's fact. He'll play again, I mean. Yeah, like it's, like it's game four, so like, like Mo Harkless is going to have a 14.305 from three night and where he plays well defensively. We're going to look back on these kind of pods. Like, hey, maybe we overreacted in the first week and a half. That's how it goes. But, but like, yeah, I think when the game when games actually matter, I think we're going to see some Jimmy at the four because I, I don't anticipate Harkless playing well enough to where Spo can just kind of take Jimmy at the four off the table, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I like, I don't think it's like an ideal thing defensively. And I don't know how much better it makes you on. Like, I want to compare it to last year's team. Like, does that make them better enough on offense that it's, they're better than last year? Cause like Jay just fits that role perfectly. And I know Jay has more shot attempts and points this season. So it's not like he's playing amazing. Uh, But they just have such a vacuum at the four spot. And I don't want to be, I don't want to be the show that every time we just mention, Oh, well, you know, like they're really shaky at power forward or blah, blah, blah. Right. Like, and then we're on KZ watch, like, okay, are you going to save us or what? You know what I mean? Like, I feel like that's unfair too. But um, I think that if you're looking for their kind of path to contention and if, you know, well, that's a very good solution. Well, okay. We'll just put Jimmy at the four. I don't know how much that, I don't think that makes you better defensively than when you were last year. And I don't know how much that buys you, and I don't even know how much switchability that gives you going up, but I don't know how much that buys you on offense uh, that, that, you know, you're better. Um, I guess the argument there becomes if you're penciling in Jimmy Bam in hero and 75, 80% of the time it's going to be Robinson. And it's just, well, I wouldn't even say that because Duncan barely closed last season when they were healthy. It was Bam, Jimmy, Jay, um, Hero, and Goran. And that was the closing lineup. So Duncan wasn't even closing a lot of the time. Yeah, that's, well, that's fair. That's fair. I guess if you're just comparing that last year's team to this year's team, it's if you're going to play Bradley or if you're going to give Robinson more rope or if you're going to have Goran in the closing lineup anywhere. So I guess it's between I guess between Bradley and Robinson, depending yeah. on how Robinson's holding up defensively. I think between those two guys, you probably can replicate a lot of what Drake Carter brought, at least offensively. I mean, from Robinson, that's uh, that's easy money. Yeah. Because he's 
if nothing else, he's going to attract defenders and help everybody else. Bradley is where it becomes the coin flip. Because I yeah. don't think he's as switchable as Crowder was. I think he's a better shooter than Crowder is. <laughs> so it's just kind of trying to kind of trying to balance that aspect if you're just comparing last year's scene to this one. It's the volume too, because like Jay wasn't shy about it. And and Frankie kind of want to bring you in on this too. Like I think something interesting that they've committed to is their Tyler Hero is hard showing on all those pick and rolls. So like he he's showing really hard hedging and then they're recovering. And I think he's getting quite good at that. I will say that I, he's not good at a lot of things on defense, but I think he's gotten quite good at that. And I think that that'll ultimately be what allows him to survive on defense and, and leverage situations. Yeah. The thing about Duncan and, and Tyler defensively, it's not that they're slow. It's that they're slow to react. Uh, they're not hedge strong. Recover, no, that, no, but I'm just talking about yeah, foot yeah. speed. Uh, if we want to talk all the weaknesses, we can yeah. uh, but it, it's not a foot speed thing. Cause you could see you, I mean, obviously you see them running around screens all day. They're, they're fast and, and they have good body control. It's just defensively you're reacting and, uh, and you have to anticipate. And, and when you don't know where they're going and you're nervous about picking up a foul and, and Duncan loves to do this where he puts his hands up right here and then starts using his hands to, to, to stop them. <laughs> I and, know exactly um, what you're talking about. And he picks up a foul and then he's like, what did I do? Uh, and that's not <laughs> – and, and it's very easy to see if you're paying attention. But Tyler, using Tyler as a, as a hedge and recover uh, is a great option. It gets him uh, – out of the way really quickly. I, I was scared at, at, at times because there was lineups where it's, it, you know, it's very clearly um, Avery's on Middleton, Bam is on Giannis, and then <laughs> Tyler has to be on Drew because we don't have anybody else to guard him. And, and I was scared, but Tyler did a pretty good job chasing him around, not letting him get easy uh, closeouts, taking good, good wide angles and, and closing out on the shot. So he did a good job tonight. I, I agree, especially being active rebounding helps, especially on offense. Too, oh, yeah. You, you can rebound. Him, he had go. like 15 rebounds. Was it 15 or 11? No, he had like, I think was he was 15? Like 15. Look at you. Yeah, he, he, took, he took a couple of rebounds from Bam at the end, and Bam's on my fantasy yeah. team. So I was he a little stole, upset. He stole Bam's triple double. 15 rebounds. Yeah. Stole Bam's triple double. Typical, typical white privilege. Um, can't, you know, just part of the game. Uh, colonizer. Yeah, colonizing Bam's triple doubles uh, one game at a time. <laughs> oh no! Oh man! And and I want to talk about uh, real quick the the whole team's uh, defensive focus tonight. Uh, one big thing that got them out of out of tr- got them into trouble last uh, last night was the their lack of uh, attention in transition and their early offense. We mentioned this in the pre in the pregame today. Um, they. Milwaukee was just early offense, transition, fast break all day, got them really easy shots, got Giannis wide open lanes to attack, and um, and every and everybody was just feasting. And, and that's why they killed them in the first quarter. And today they did a much better job closing that all up. Milwaukee killed them a couple of times when Bam was, you know, fall, fell on the floor after a layup attempt or something. And they really made the, uh, punish them when they were small there. But uh, for the most part, they you saw you see in the three point numbers, you see in the paint numbers. Miami did a great job to, to in transition. Defensive focus was clear to get back, stop the ball, 
and and find your shooters and and yeah and they didn't get as many playing points they very different uh three-point attempts here and uh percentage uh i thought they did a great job and the Bucks shot 39% today. So it's not like the Bucks shot poorly. I mean, 39%, I think, is about what you'd expect on average from them. You know, not an elite shooting team, but, you know, pretty good above average. And, and Giannis had a triple-double. So it's not Giannis had a good game. Giannis shot, like, yeah. over 50%, right, as compared to game one, where game one, like, we're talking about a damn playoff series in terms of the game yesterday. <laughs> uh, I, I like the guys, I like calling these mini-series. I, I, I'm trying to make this a thing. Little mini-series with the Bucks. Uh, in game one of the mini-series... Giannis uh, didn't shoot the ball too well, and they lost. And the one that Giannis shot the ball well and had triple-double, uh, they won. So, you know, go figure. Life's weird. Um, last thing before we go, because we're kind of running on time. Uh, Nikaias, kind of want your thoughts. I know it's only been four games. It's a little weird. Like, are you – I know it's tough to, to react to, to such a small thing, but, like, are they about what you expected? Or are, do you, are you okay with their play? Probably unsafe to judge because Jimmy's missed half of them. I guess yeah, two quarters Jimmy, of them, really. Yeah, the Jimmy thing really throws a wrench into... <clears throat> I mean, you can't really analyze things on four games anyway, but no Jimmy really skews it. Um, Hell, he fans that. <laughs> That's true. I would say, in general, I feel like <clears throat> Miami is a little bit behind defensively where I thought they would be. Um, like, again... Milwaukee was historically good shooting the ball last night, so it's not necessarily the result, but just like last night, they did not make Milwaukee feel them. Like, as you mentioned earlier at the top of the show, G, like the switches were pretty soft or softer than usual. So, like, that kind of attention to detail was kind of whack. Um, Offensively, they have not really improved from being a turnover-heavy team. Like, very quietly, even though their offensive rating, I mean, they had one of the seven best offenses in the league last year. They did, so in spite of being, I think, 29th in turnover rate, which is not great. And the early results this year, that that has not improved at all. Now, some of that is because Tyler Hero is playing point guard for you. And he is, he's faced some good defenders. He's also more willing to pass. Um, With Kendrick Nunn being your starting point guard, uh, those turnovers are just shot attempts. (laughs) Some of it doesn't really (laughs) really (laughs) same thing. So some of that is just the growing pains of a Tyler Hero, so I'm not super worried. Did you see Christian's tweet today about BAM's turnover rate? I did, I did. It's like 28% of BAM's possessions result in a turnover this season, which is a little inexcusable. And we've gotten on we've gotten on Tyler a lot for this, but you know, if you know, I think we have to hold BAM as accountable considering, you know, he he's he's a superstar. Yeah, and that speaks to him being passive as well because a lot of those turnovers are him trying to fit pocket passes in between six arms on the move instead of taking a shot. And you just can't do that all the time. Like, take that mid-range jumper versus trying to hit a cutting Tyler Hero when the paint is crowded. Like, there were quite a few of those on the Christmas game with New Orleans already trying to pack paint as much as they did. It's just him trying to thread the needle. Like he's a great passer, but he's still a tier below like a Nikola Jokic. As a yeah, so he should he shouldn't be trying those. <laughs> How long until we get the over the head soccer throwing passes from Bam? Because that's what I want. I want him to do the the Jokic thing. That's Nikias. That may be like my favorite thing in in the league to watch when like him and Murray do that handoff and he's holding the ball like above his head and he's like pew. 
like cutting Michael <laughs> Porter, pew, cutting Gary Harris. Pew. It's so fun. It also looks goofy. Yeah, he's just just a big dude. He's not still, even fat anymore. Still a big, yeah. Can't even call him fat. He, he lost the weight. He's just he's, he's like a little flabby. He's not. He doesn't have like a lot of definition, and he's just like the greatest passer in the fucking league. It's crazy. He's the he's the fat kid who just came back from fat camp. I, you know, like could <laughs> could LeBron do that? Like, if if you ask LeBron, oh, yeah. like, can you like just say like LeBron, like I want you to replicate Jokic's game for like a day. Yeah. Like he would yeah. just be he'd be good at that too, right? Man, I think LeBron is like we got so spoiled seeing LeBron here every day. God, I miss him LeBron so much. is LeBron. His best skill set might be his passing, his vision and his touch and everything. Like one thing. You really notice the difference once you don't have Dwayne Wade and LeBron James is how bad some some NBA point guards are at just passing to your shooting pockets. Mm-hmm. Oh, LeBron, LeBron in the post, LeBron off the dribble, LeBron full court. He's throwing it in your pocket, off the bounce, what over the head, baseball pass. However, you he's he's got to get it to you. He's it's going into your pocket. Dwayne right. too. Frankie, the art of the entry pass is lost. Guards can't oh, throw a God. good entry pass anymore. God. It's the most infuriating thing on earth. You see, like you agree, because it's like, why does it take like an all NBA guard to throw an entry pass now? It's so bad, bro. <laughs> what happened? It used to be think, Mark Mark Jackson made a career of that. <laughs> I think like, it's it's part of it is it's just the lack of post entry stuff. Uh, so you're not getting those reps. Um, but man, it's, it's so crazy how they, it, it's such a, like, logically it's such an easy pass and they can't do it at all. I remember like, I forgot what team got, uh, Oh, it was the heat with Ben Udry. Like, oh, we have Ben Udry. Like he could, he could give a good entry pass to Hassan. It's like so stupid. It was exciting. It's obviously Hassan post-ups weren't a good idea. Is he playing well? I have not kept up with him. Has he played well in Sacramento in the guys? As someone that has watched Halliburton, I, I have watched every King Davis year. This is very, wow. Uh, but uh, like, yeah, Hassan's been fine. Like, now we go. He's been a tremendous run protector. Um, he's doing the thing where he screens well for the first two weeks of the season, so he's like doing that. Okay. Yeah. His his version of rolling hard anyway. Um, the finishing has kind of dipped a little bit. He's missed some bunnies, but like he's been a legit interior presence on both ends. He's coming off the bench, right? Yeah. I'm so yeah, glad so, that that's sad how, how the mighty have fallen. Nick, guys, I'm so glad that you brought that up because I almost forgot. And I know that we, I'm keeping you a little later than I promised, but you mentioned rolling hard and we did not talk about Precious Achua, who has been a godsend. Like that dude rolls to the rim fucking hard he's screening and he's diving and he's grooving and he's goran Dragic's new best friend because goran has a pick and roll partner uh that's fun and exciting and the dude is strong he's not steven adams strong not not a fair first game for him steven adams has uh alien strength but against everybody else dude is is playing physical playing scrappy hustling diving to the rim i i am i for one am thrilled he's been a top five rookie this year so far um just in terms of watching the heat watching him operate off the ball has been like a top three viewing experience for me 
Because like he does, he screens well and he does dive hard. But like what impresses me is that he doesn't roll, he doesn't dive at like 100 miles per hour. Like he'll, he'll flip the screen quickly or just transition from screen to roller very quickly. And then he'll like survey while he's moving. And then he'll like speed up if there's space for him to dart into. And if there isn't, then he just kind of floats around, finds a window. Um, he'll find a body if he feels like a shot's going up and he's doing his homework early. We're going to use some coach speak. Mm-hmm. He's getting positioning for offensive rebounds and tap outs. And it's, it's just like he is, he is very polished as a roller. It's, I mean, it's honestly fun to watch. Um, we're going to see more of the on-ball stuff moving forward, I feel like. Um, he's had a couple of grab-and-go possessions. Um, there was one in New Orleans in the Christmas game that really stood out. Kind of pushed it full court, um, slowed up so he didn't get hit with a charge, and he made a pass, a jump pass at that. So, like, he can grab and go. Um, I want to see a little bit more of him as a passer. I just don't have a gauge on how good he is at that right now. I know he can dribble a little bit. He's obviously athletic. I want to see – I want – to see us both trust him to operate like in the high post let him do some of the post split stuff just to see where he's at but right now like he as you mentioned great pick and roll partner with Goran Dragic um, he's finding space very well offensively defensively he has he, he isn't scared of anybody like he's mixing it up with Steven Adams with Zion and Christmas mixing it up with Giannis um, he doesn't look out of place at all like it's really impressive that he's as good as he is already with you know no summer league, not much preseason. He's he's ready. Only the violent will survive. I I I love and I I'm trying to like pull up some data right now of like how how he looks like with him and Goran, how the heat are looking now. Of course his numbers are not gonna be they're not gonna include today's matchup. Uh but I mean they're <laughs> in 31 minutes they're plus 15 per hundred possessions with a 117 offensive rating. Um that's a pairing. That's a pairing. And, and their bench has been really, really good for them. A lot better than the starters. Now, again, part of that small sample or whatever, and, and Jimmy's missed some time, but I mean, just in general, even in the preseason, I, the bench mob has been kind of their calling card. I mean, Goran has been part of that is Goran just being fantastic and precious being very, very good. And, and then they kind of keep, they have the shooters and, and movement and all that, but um, he's been terrific precious. And, and I've been very wrong. Uh, and they used him as a big, which Nikai's we talked about kind of maybe he him more as a wing defender. Uh, but he listen, he's guarding fours. If he plays with KO, he'll guard the four on defense and he'll play the five on offense. And uh it's it's worked great. They he's played a lot with KO, which I really like. Um, shout out to KO, by the way. I think one of my favorite things to watch is KO picking and popping and then slipping and then cutting like he's, he's just so weird. Like he'll pop out after the screen, right? Dragic is going downhill. He'll pop and then he'll, he'll either like creep in and then slip to the rim or he'll kind of relocate to the corner. And it's just really fun to watch. Like the dudes in movement, the dudes, he's a good player. Like I know that sometimes he's like really frustrating and I know that Spo has a weird relationship with him. Uh, But man, I like, I like watching him play and I don't care, whatever I'm here. I like KO. I'm a KO fan. He's a bit of that wild card you need off the bench. That guy who's uh, who can hit, get to 20 out of nowhere, uh, make some plays for you. You know, like he's, you, you never see Kelly have that issue that Myers has that he's, he's going to be afraid Shy. to pull the trigger. You know, Kelly's he, like he's a run space. Like, it. He's a run like spurter, right? Like, like in a run, he'll either trigger a run or like when the run is like teetering, 
he'll he'll keep it going. Like he'll make a play or two like big in the game, kind of like with a big three or a big cut. And like he's a good cutter because he's so fucking big. And he kind of cuts to the rim. He had one today where he's he's dashing through, he kind of catches and finishes. It looks really awkward. It looks funky, but He's good. It's it's also that it's everything he does looks so awkward and clumsy yeah. that everything he does try catches you off guard. It's if great. It's, <laughs> I think uh, somebody on Twitter, I think it was Abaz ninety two. I think that's his hand. Shout out said, to uh, Abaz. He's he yo OG of the show. He, OG he, listener. He said he said no two Kelly Olenek shot attempts look the same. <laughs> it was so true. Oh my god, it's so true. Um. Well, I, I don't want to keep you all too much longer. I want to remind everybody who's listening that all our streams from now on are going to be on twitch.tv slash MIAHP. So go to our Twitch page. We are done with YouTube as a streaming platform. We were just easing in the ALF audience from YouTube onto Twitch. Uh, we are going to be Twitch exclusive now. Uh, catch us there. We're going to launch our emotes soon. We're going to launch a couple of things for you guys. We, we're join our discord. Uh, the discord for us is not only a way to interact with our listeners and to kind of like foster a heat community of he fans. Uh, it's also a way for us to take suggestions from you guys. We have a lot of channels in there where, you know, if you guys have ideas or things that you want for the show, uh, we want you to drop that in there. Uh, when we have guests on, we let we put that in ahead of time so that you guys can give the guests some questions that you want asked. We had Rohan on recently for his Jimmy Butler piece, and your questions were great, Rohan. Rohan was happier with your questions than mine. So, uh, and, and the guests get into it, and, and we really like it, and we're having a lot of fun, and we're trying to grow the Discord. We have our custom emoji on the Discord, and, and it's great, and we're going to plant some cool stuff there. Uh, so give us some time, and we're still rolling out our 2021 uh, season thing. So... You know, check that out. Remember to, to to sub or to follow us on Twitch. Subscribe on YouTube. That helps a lot. Like we're trying to make this. And I'm going to plead with you guys after like every show. Uh, we really want to make this like something that we can do more full time. And it's something that I've committed to that Brian, that Alf, that Christian, that everybody here has really all talked and we really committed to it. You know, we want everyone to make a little money because we really care about this. And uh, I think everybody here really deserves it. So help us in any way that you can. A subscription on YouTube will be incredible. A follow on Twitch, sub on Twitch is huge. Um, you know, leaving a review on iTunes is huge. Like, please help us uh, join our Discord. All that stuff helps. Uh, you don't even know how much that helps. Like for us trying to really make this into something that, you know, we've never tried to do before. So appreciate all the listeners. Um, check out Hangover Time. We're so glad that Alf's back. He's amazing. Check out all that stuff I told you about. We'll throw that link in the description of this podcast slash YouTube video, wherever you're watching. And uh, we appreciate y'all. And we will see you for the pregame show, Heat Mavs, on Friday. We also have a Hangover Time live here on twitch.tv slash So make sure to join us then. And thank you very much. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.